Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, welcome to a special edition of The Instance. We're talking about Overwatch today, and uh, that's been a big subject on the show for quite a while. We love the beta, we're excited about everything surrounding this game, and we have a great opportunity today to sit down with senior game designer and all-around guy who's dealing with lore and story and characters, everything you want to know about this game and more. It's Michael Chu on the line. Hello, Michael. Hi there. It's good to have you on. Thanks for spending some time with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. To say I'm excited about Overwatch is an understatement, to say the least. Um, I know that most of our fan base who listen to our shows are pretty excited about it as well, and hardly a day goes by where we're not spending time in the beta and messing around with things. And the first thing I wanted to ask you, we are as close to launch as things have ever been, and I'm very curious about what aspects of the game you're most excited for players to get their hands on. We hear a lot about what's coming and how it's going to work, and a lot of us are seeing it in in the beta releases. But what is it you think players are going to love the most when they when they get the game in you know in the next month or so? Well, I think that you know the thing that I'm most excited about is just finally having this game in the in the hands of everyone who's been waiting to play it. I think that the thing will, that people will probably get the most enjoyment out out of the gate is probably just experimenting with all the heroes. You know. You, I still remember the first time I jumped into the game, you know, there were only a few heroes in development and it was, you know, I played one for a little while, switched to the next one. It was really interesting learning about all of them. And now I just imagine, you know, you're starting up Overwatch the first time, maybe you start with Soldier 76 or something, and then you graduate to a, a character that's caught your eye or is interested, you've been interested in. Sure. And then, you know, I, you could probably spend a few hours doing that and still have a whole bunch of characters still to check out. And I think that sort of experimentation project, process, finding out, what character you're excited about, what speaks to you and your gameplay style is, is probably the, the part that will be the most interesting. Yeah, that's why I've come away with that feeling of, you know, that I'm going to find something that fits me really well and then I'm going to be able to expand to characters that maybe even intimidate me a little bit at first but end up sort of being my speed as well. That that does seem to be one of the hallmarks of the game. Having spoken uh, a bit to Chris Metzen and also to uh, Aaron a few times I've never seen grown men more excited about a project before. Uh, I sense it in your voice as well. There seems to be an incredible amount of not only passion, but attention to detail in the game. And I mean things like the art in the game, the animation, the character design, Um, even in the earliest beta footage, which is quite different than what we see now. But even then, there was so much attention to those kinds of details. How important are those aspects to the overall package? I think it's tremendously important. I think you've sort of hit on it. There is a a really great deal of excitement on the development team as we're, you know, exploring this new game. I think the newness is is part of it. You know, it's the first time we've done a, a new IP in, I've, I don't know what year we're at now, but, you know, something like 17 or 18 years. And it's that feeling of exploring something new, all these new heroes, new locations, and, and bringing this world to life. And I think we have actually been really interested in the details. Uh, a lot of times when we're looking at levels or the artwork that goes into the game, we really go down to the really fine details going over all the signs and what the text is in there or, you know, even small details about a character, like what does Roadhog's license plate on his belt say? <laughs> so we really, like, discuss all these things. We, we really, like, geek out on 
getting all these details right. I think it helps to give this feeling that it is a living, breathing world and a world that has a lot of history uh, with it, even though it's a history that people who are just coming to the game won't be familiar with because it's obviously it's something new. So we wanted to, out the gate, have the world feel like it had this lived-in, well-fleshed-out uh, quality. Well, Blizzard has a has a history of putting in fun Easter eggs and, and interesting little uh, mentions and notes. And if you click on a character in StarCraft or WarCraft, uh, uh, click on them enough times, you're going to get something kind of funny out of that character. Uh, interesting things happen between different uh, lore characters in Heroes of the Storm, for example. And already Overwatch is packed with these things. And it brings me to an, another point that I wanted to make about how you guys have somehow created a whole world and backstory around overwatch and you haven't made a traditional single player campaign we've got some cool animated videos we have that great intro that was shown at blizzcon when the game was announced but other than that it's not like we've got a bunch of novels or comic books or movies to refer to when it comes to these characters yet when we approach the game even with just a little bit of play you walk away having a pretty good idea of who's who why they are who they are you're very interested in the relationships that are being established. And we gain some of this information lately with uh, the introduction of more chatter between characters. I've noticed a lot of that in subsequent patches. I noticed that after the Alive short, there was suddenly more conversation about certain things happening. And I, I wonder if this is a, was this the intentional method of storytelling from the very beginning? Did you guys want to be able to say, here's our world, we're building this world and we're building these characters, but we don't have to spell out every single thing for you. You're going to intuit a lot of this. I'm, I'm very curious about that process. Yeah. So this is actually a really interesting subject for me. And I think you brought up a few things I'd like to talk about, but um, one thing I think that'd be a really good place to start is just talking about what you just said in how we approach creating the universe. Mm. Early on when Chris and I were talking about, you know, how do we bring the Overwatch universe to life? Like, how do we want to get some of the story across? One of the things that we decided to do, which was a little different for how we had approached things in the past, is that we didn't want to just overload everyone with story. We wanted to slowly kind of hint at what's going on. And we thought that maybe this would make it uh, so that the players and people who are interested in the Overwatch universe could get more involved in sort of the story and the universe. So what we like to do is, you know, we put in hints we put in suggestions of things like, and, and we ask a lot of questions. That's one of the pillars, actually. You know, we have certain IP pillars for Overwatch, and one of them is ask questions uh, and don't give you know, so solid answers for everything. Mm. So you, know, you get a character like Reaper, and we intentionally made his background you know, very mysterious. We had some ideas where we wanted to go with the character, but we didn't want to give all of that you know, straight off the bat. And what I think is really interesting about that is that as creators, it's given us a lot of, uh, room to play. It's something where we have these general ideas of where we want to take characters, but along the way, we can have, we can diverge from what we were originally planning to do. It's, it's very organic, and I think we can also see what interests people, and sometimes, honestly, just the questions that people ask, or, you know, people on the team, people on, on the forums, people online, kind of spur our imagination to go down different, different paths, and then we end up somewhere we weren't expecting. And, and because we, we didn't front load all this information, we sort of have the flexibility to explore. There's been a, a real sense of gratitude on my part and people I play with to be in this beta and be part of this testing phase because there's a few things I've noticed along those lines. For example, in a recent patch in Hanamura, for example, there was no arrow in a certain place, and now there's some arrows in places. And it's got all of us going crazy at night trying to figure out, well, what do we think that means? It's got to be some Hanzo Genji thing. We don't know, but those have got to be, you know, Hanzo arrows, and, and we want to know what the conflict is, and how do those brothers interact, and I know we're going to get a bunch more of that, 
that I'm not used to a game that is pretty much on the face of it, a competitive multiplayer game where you're supposed to get in and let's go, is telling me all this story in the meantime without it actually having to tell me the story. And it's very, very unusual. So for what it's worth, that's that thing you're doing, which again, I don't feel like we've seen in even other Blizzard games, is is working. Well, I, I'm really glad to hear that. And, you know, Hanzo and Genji is particularly a story that uh, I, I find really interesting. I know Chris and the team are really excited to tell more of. I think that when I first jumped onto the Overwatch team, it was one of the first things that we discussed, so it sort of has a, a close place in my heart, but we'll definitely get into that more. And that example of you know artwork appearing in the patch and sort of those conversations that are jumping out, I think that's, that's an example of where, as we've gone on with development, as we've gone, gotten to know these characters better, we're able to surface more aspects of the story in the game world, in the dialogue. Did you, um, did you feel that, that sense of accomplishing that goal when for example blizzcon last year i remember being in that audience we've never even been introduced to genji before this is our first look at him there he is we kind of intuit all the ninja stuff about him and there's this moment at the end where the brotherhood is is shown we're shown that they're brothers and when he says you know he calls him brother the place lost their minds and i and in my head i went well, they don't even know who Genji, they don't know a thing about Genji, let alone very much about Hanzo. How is it that we are all so in on this? Like we felt that weird bond, that connection, that conflict as palpable as anything. Yet we, we went into that, we went into that presentation with nothing. And that, that blew my mind. Did, uh, that must have been satisfying to hear the crowd go nuts. Yeah, it was amazing. And I have to say, even for myself, when the first time I saw a version of that video where with the VO in it and that whole moment set up, like I got chills. I, mean, I, I honestly just had chills with you talking about it again. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it's totally a great example. It reminded me of another thing that happened during the uh, Overwatch. Uh, I, I guess it was during opening ceremonies, but we were showing off some of the origin skins for the game. Hmm. And uh, they do the little spin where you're like, oh, it's Soldier 76. And oh, it's Strike Commander Jack Morrison. And they did the one for Reaper uh, when they switched to Gabriel Reyes. And I remember that the crowd had this big reaction to it. And honestly, like the Reaper identity question was something that had been interested to people who, you know, early on were jumping into the lore about Overwatch. And I felt like the reaction to that was much bigger than I expected because I, I figured people would be like, oh, I don't really understand why that skin goes with that character, but okay, maybe, you know, he looks cool. But it's it's definitely, you know, that's the approach that we've been taking from the beginning. And another thing you reminded me of is just the, the pregame dialogue that we put in, at this point, I guess it was two or three patches ago yeah. where the different characters will start to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. A lot of that stuff um, we had for a long time and we just hadn't gotten around to getting it into the game. It was something that I was really excited about because I felt like it could, again, start to hint at what these relationships between the characters are and start to, you know, ask more questions. I guess I'm terrible in that, you know, we're just doing all these teasing and asking all this question and possibly not providing answers as quickly as people want. Well, part of, part of it feels like I wouldn't call it a tease. It's not the right word, but it but I love it. Like it, it feels like I'm I need to I need to use my own head to start exploring and build stuff out in my in my imagination. So when Reaper's talking to McCree and there's some indication of what their relationship is, we all about lost our minds and about lost the match. In fact, because we just couldn't stop talking about it. And, um, you know, same thing happened the other night. I'm in the game after the most recent patch. And I'm on Dorado, hadn't been on there for a while. And I noticed there are gold bars leading out of the vault. And they weren't there before. 
And I noticed these kind of weird details, and I saw those, and I thought, oh, junk rat and roadhog have something to do with this. I don't even know if that's true, but that's where all our brains are going. Our brains are constantly wrapping around this stuff. It, it's, it's, it's amazing. And, it, and it's funny, in this interview, I hadn't even planned on talking about that very much, but it is really something uh, to behold and speaks real highly of you know Blizzard's dedication to lore and characters and sort of epicness and and relationships and all of that stuff. So um, you know to to make Reaper a sympathetic character simply by showing a skin seems like no small feat <laughs> to me. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I'd go sympathetic for Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is interesting though. You know, one of the reasons that we sort of went down this in this direction is because we were thinking about how do you tell a story in a game like Overwatch where there is no traditional narrative, right? So right. it's we've got to do it in dialogue, in dialogue that you're frankly going to hear thousands and thousands of times, you know, through the course of playing different games, maps that you're going to be going through over and over again. And we sort of identified this as a way that we thought we could get this story across. And one thing I will also mention is that there are some, there are some pretty rare lines uh, that, that I've snuck in there, here and there. So there may still be some other uh, story things lurking in the game. Ooh, I'm excited. So every character in the game, one of the great strengths of the game is every character feels totally different, um, yet all competitive in, in their own way, supportive in their own way or whatever. And, and that uh, feels like a, a rare thing to see in a game with this much diversity. But then it got me to thinking how hard it must be to make a new one. So when you guys are presented with the idea of making new heroes, and I'm sure there's many on the cutting room floor and a thousand sketchbooks with a million ideas, but how do you even start? To, to make a character so that you're not just making another Soldier 76 or something that's sort of like D.Va or, or whatever. That seems like a, like a challenge. The, uh, the ideas for the heroes actually come from a lot of different places on the team. The way that a lot of these heroes have, have, uh, have come to life are just through different ideas from different groups of, uh, of people on the team. And I think that the way that I usually think about it, there's primarily three different ways that we come up with these characters. The first one is, you know, our... Uh, our supremely talented assistant art director Arnold saying we'll just draw this picture and we'll see this character and we, you know we just we have to we have to put him or her into the game mm-hmm. you know we want to see it come to life and then we talk about you know oh what kind of abilities could this character have what's the backstory all driven by this really iconic design the other uh, avenue that characters come come up through is uh, oftentimes we'll look at the the gameplay and how the game is is going we obviously did this a lot uh, in the run-up to our our cast of 21 characters and if there's a particular gameplay niche or a role or something that we want to fill then we'll kind of invent a character with a certain set of uh, gameplay parameters or honestly if there's just a certain type of gameplay that we want to get in we'll figure out some of the other things and then the third route that characters come to life is a story-based thing and and a good example of that I'd say is actually Soldier 76 Um, he existed for us as this idea as the leader of Overwatch, Jack Morrison, and we wanted to explore this story. And at the same time, he also filled this, this gameplay need that we had. We wanted to have a character that was more accessible, more approachable, you know, a pretty accurate um, rifle, um, some healing and a sprint ability, something for people who are jumping into the game. And so for that character, those, these sort of three ideas all came together and that's how he came to life. I know there were some people uh, initially worried that, oh, Soldier 76, he's going to be the noob character. And I guess in a way he is. He's meant for you know those to make the game a little more approachable if they're not used to this sort of game or these kinds of classes or or, you know, jump, you can't jump right to Reinhardt or straight to, I don't know, uh, you know, one of the stranger healers or support members because you're just like, what in the heck is this guy even doing at first? So I totally get his his role in that. But you guys have also succeeded in fleshing him out as such an important part of the the construct of the of the world of the characters of overwatch itself 
that's that seems like a a really cool thing to be able to pull off. And then I thought, well, they kind of do it with Hearthstone with Jaina. She's your she seems like your tutorial character, but you know what? Mage is pretty good on her own. And same with Uther, and same with Rainer and, and Heroes, or any other Blizzard game. And and there's there's something about that that I that I really like because you've got the accessibility, but also uh, you immediately it's like Soldier seventy six yanks you into that story in a way that some of the other characters can't, or at least can't without his help. Yeah, I think one of the things when we're creating a new character we like to think of them as you know what if they were the hero of their own game like mm-hmm. we want them to have you know abilities that that are feel unique and powerful and defining enough that really separate them we want them to have a story which you know they are approaching like i always think about like what kind of threat can this character go up against and a lot of cases these things you know will go together or they'll fit into the the greater whole but sometimes it's just finding a part of the universe carving out a slice that is that works for that character and is something that'll be interesting to explore in the future all signs point to this game fitting nicely into blizzard's esports efforts and uh that's very exciting to most of us at least from the outside is there anything you can tell us about the future of pro competition with this game um so i don't really have anything in particular obviously blizzard is hugely uh interested in esports and i think it would be amazing if overwatch could follow suit but specifically I'd, I'm not really sure. <laughs> well, it's it seems like a strong contender, and I'm really excited to see how that all, all plays out. I'm guessing we'll see a lot more um, uh, at BlizzCon. Is there a challenge in the development process of this game that jumps out at you as the most challenging, like the thing that was the hardest to overcome or to um, you know surmount so that the the game would would move from great idea to you know this is really fun and we have we have to make this you know to the end sort of moment. So speaking for myself, I think actually one of the most uh, one of the biggest challenges was also one of the coolest parts of the game for me. And that was just the setting of Overwatch being in our world. Obviously, it's something different for us. We, When we set out, we wanted to have a game that was really diverse and had all these real-world locations and, and really reflected Earth and, and enabled us to take a lot of inspiration from our world. Um, but there's obviously a lot of challenges with that. Uh, making sure, you know, doing a lot of research to to try and get things right. A good example is one one thing we did early on with all the maps is that we don't uh, localize the text like that are on signs and stuff. So in the Russian map, you'll see all the signs are in Russian. Um, we wanted to have characters that speak the different languages. And obviously, I'm not fluent in every language that's spoken on Earth. So <laughs> it's it's involved like a lot of collaboration with our, our global teams and just a lot of research. And I think, you know, it, that's that's been really challenging, but it's also been really fun because it's just it's we see the the world around us and and the way that we talk about overwatch it's like the the future worth fighting for or like an optimistic future that we want to we want to live in and bringing that to life has has been both really fun and amazing to see happen but also hasn't been without its challenges well that definitely answers another question i had about the just the overall sense of optimism that comes out of the game and part of that is maybe maybe in pop culture we've spent a lot of time with anti-heroes and very conflicted protagonists that uh we maybe root for but we aren't necessarily you know we don't look at them as in the way that we looked as looked at superman or captain america when we were kids or something the game seems very focused on on trying to build a world and and its conflicts in a much more I hate to use the word black and white but a black and white sense that we know who's up to no good and we know who isn't and there's still me there's still complexity there but there's a there's kind of an overt goodness to the the Overwatch heroes and a for lack of a better term a pure badness to the ones who aren't and it's really refreshing uh, you know given I think what the last decade or so was which was a lot more of a cynical view of of heroism 
is that um am i am i reading too much into that or is that is that a feeling that you guys have had from you know kind of a tone perspective i don't think so i i feel like that's always been where we're, we've been going with overwatch you know one of the core pillars of the game was that one of the things that excited us the most is this, these 21 heroes. We wanted this to be a game about heroes. And when you think about heroes and heroism, what we wanted to capture was that sort of you know, doing, doing good and, and being larger than life. And I think everything flowed out of that. Our characters sort of embody that. And then we apply that same idea to the world. And I think it was just something we were really interested in. You know, you've mentioned that in, in kind of fiction in general, there's been, we, we had this period where there were a lot of dystopias and dark futures and I think we just there was something about optimistic future that that really spoke to us seeing these places that were familiar to us but seeing them you know with the amazing you know tech pyramids or where where you know where things went right instead of went wrong for a change yeah that is it's a nice it's for me it's refreshing I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older I got kids and there's something about it that I don't know that's that's a little more hopeful a little less gray so that's something I appreciate in some ways Overwatch seems to be heralding in a, a, a new wave of of shooter we've spent a lot of time in more realistic settings a lot of military-based stuff and and here comes overwatch saying let's get back to some of the speed and the the fantasy and the science fiction of a shooter letting you do things that you don't normally get to do um, i want to talk about reloading but i'll ask you that in a second but when you guys started on this did you did you know, or maybe maybe they're maybe you guys are driving this entirely? But did you know that gaming audiences would be hungry again for, you know, laser guns and concussion grenades and, you know, kind of the some of the more fantastic elements of Overwatch? Well, I don't know if we're uh, if we're prognosticators at that level, but you know, I think maybe it's just something in entertainment. You know, these things are always cyclical in how they go, and and maybe it's just uh, it's kind of what people are interested in. I know that it it spoke to us creatively and. It was definitely the direction we wanted to go, and and so we've it's it's been nice to see uh, see a lot of entertainment with this perspe- this perspective. Now I want to ask uh, briefly uh, before we get to kind of our final question, and that is about reloading. So this is a very interesting thing in the game that I want to address. Most shooter games I've ever played, reloading's a thing, and it's a it's a strategic thing. You want to be well timed when you reload. You need to consider what you're doing and reload. Some games more punishing than others, but. But always there's ammo involved, usually when there is a, a reload mechanic. And the Overwatch team, to your great credit, in my opinion, decided to make it so over uh, reloading your gun is still a thing that matters. It matters in the, in the heat of gameplay. It matters when you do it. You should be prepared all the time to be fully loaded or know when best to reload. I mean, it obviously plays a role in the game, but everybody's got unlimited ammo. Was there a day or a time or, or a person who just one day in a meeting said, guys, no ammo. Look how much more fun this is. And we still get to keep the part that made that fun. Was that a thing ever? Because I can't get it out of my head and I have to. I need some closure on that whole thing. You know, I wish I knew the answer to this question. <laughs> when I joined the team, it was already in the state that it is now. Mm. I could only guess um, that it was probably something like, you know, when we're looking at systems at, at Blizzard, from a design perspective, we want to capture the essence of it. And I think what is the essence of fun about reloading, right, is managing or quote unquote fun of reloading, right. but um, <laughs> is managing sort of your, your situation in the heat of combat more than running around and, and picking up the uh, armor packs. But yeah, I don't know the uh, I don't know the real story there. I wish I did. Well, it feels consistent with what Blizzard does with other games. And it seems like a, a smart move. It's it's really changed the way I think about shooters and 
and um, I love it. So don't pull it out, I guess is all I'm saying. <laughs> um, how do you guys, uh, just to kind of sew things up here, how do you and others on the team stop yourselves from playing the game all the time and not getting any work done? <laughs> it's hard. We, uh, we play the game a lot uh, on the Overwatch team, and it's, it's fun. We, all, we like to uh, jump into games together and, and see how things are going. Do you have a favorite character in the, in the roster, somebody you always kind of as your go-to? It's funny, earlier you mentioned uh, about not suggesting people maybe jump in on Reinhardt. I actually play Reinhardt quite a bit because the uh, other designers on the team who I usually play with are like quite a bit better at the game than me, and I always feel like I can safely equip myself with Reinhardt. I just put the shield up, walk in the direction, and mm. then uh, when the shield goes down, then I get to enjoy myself, swing my hammer, and uh, and try and kill some people. Well, maybe, may we all appreciate our Reinhardts because I have better games when they're there, and a healer doesn't hurt either. We love the game. It's fantastic. Um, really thankful to be able to chat with you about it. And best of luck in the next month or so. I know you guys are in crunch time, but um, could not be more excited about the release. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mike. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com.